Hello there, and welcome to Not The Farmer's Wife podcast. I'm CJ Steedman, and I'm definitely not the farmer's wife. I am a mum, a partner, a full-time off-farm worker, and enthusiastically a lady farmer. On our farm, Mojo Homestead, we grow chickens, goats, cows, and bees. We practice regenerative agriculture and holistic management. If, like me, you love all things farming and homesteading, and if you'd like to learn from the female farmer's perspective, then I'd love to have you along for the ride. So let's get farming. Hey everyone, it's CJ here and welcome back to another episode of Not The Farmer's Wife. And I know that normally I do my episodes just me talking to you and pretty boring actually in hindsight. Um, this week I have somebody here to uh, interview and I know the only other interview that I've done previously was my two kids um, who both came on and chatted about what it's like living in a rural environment and this week I have after much organizing and trying to set out our schedules in the correct order uh, the handy helper is here and he's going to talk about what it's like being um, not really not really the farmer's husband we joke about it, don't we? <laughs> we can't really say the farmer's husband because uh, we're not married, so that would be, you know, not true. Uh, but also, too, I see him more as a co-farmer, which we'll talk about later, but it's um, it's not really like it's me having a set role and him having the complete opposing role. It doesn't work like that for us. Anyway, um, I uh, haven't got any other news to tell you before we get started, so we're just going to launch straight into this one. And I have got a series of questions that I'm going to ask the handy helper. So first of all, handy helper, welcome to Not The Father's Wife. Thank you. Uh, you haven't even listened to any of my podcasts, have you? I have not. I have not downloaded one. Oh, <laughs> it's terrible, isn't it, fakes? You'd think that your partner would be all over that downloading shit. But anyway, all right. So handy helper, start off with, um, where did you grow up? Tell us a bit about yourself. Um, I grew up in Sydney, nowhere near a farm. Uh, I grew up in the Shire in Sutherland, in uh, in Sydney in Sutherland. Uh, went to school up there. Not much to do with farming at all. Uh, <laughs> we did live on a fairly large block, the old quarter acre blocks, I suppose. Um, that's, that's, when, the, that's when Sydney still had a quarter acre. Sydney block. still had a quarter acre <laughs> block. Um, my closest thing I come to farming it was a chook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not really farming. Uh, is no, it? not really farming at all. It was. Uh, no experience in the farm whatsoever. So, but, and the um, closest, it would it be fair to say the closest you got to any hunting or dispatching of animals or anything would have been maybe going fishing with your dad? Uh, yeah, probably going fishing. But <laughs> the closest I come to an animal that had been dispatched was walking into Woolworths. And buying it. So, um, when we first met, we met in... I'm gonna I'm gonna embarrass myself here. I think 2015. 2015 December yes. the sixth, yep. 2015. There we go. <laughs> uh, and um, when we'd been going out for a little while, I announced to you, didn't I, that I was going to sell my house in the suburbs. Yes, it was uh, a fairly interesting time, put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I um, think it was 2018, but I could be wrong. I I think it was 18 that yeah. we decided to do that. Yeah. And. Um, and I, I couldn't, I mean, the guts of it was, folks, I couldn't afford to maintain this beautiful house that I'd built in Bonner in uh, Canberra's northern suburbs. Um, it was a lovely house. It had a it's fantastic beautiful. energy efficiency rating, yeah. double glazed windows. It had in slab heating. It was, it was gorgeous. It was a house that I would like to have here on the yeah, farm. Exactly. <laughs> Put it that exactly. way. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful house. Yeah. But it, it was also, um, as most of you would be aware, Canberra and I think just about everywhere's house prices have gone through the roof. And certainly even in 2018, as a single mum, paying the mortgage on my own, it was just not feasible, was it? It was a killer. It yeah. was a killer. Yeah. So at that point, we kind of moved in, didn't we? Yeah. You, you got locked in with the quite, move. Quite quickly. Sort of moved onto the ground. <laughs> and so um, when we first moved out to Gunning, which is where our little farm was, it's Gunning, New South Wales, um, which is a very small little country town, what did you think when we first went for a drive out there and I said, this is where I can afford to buy? I actually, um, I fell in love with the place out there. It was just so good to be out of Canberra. Um, I know it was a little drive to get out there, yeah. but um, the the fresh air and uh, and the room to move and 
you know, room for the kids to play. We actually had paddocks, not just yeah. a backyard, which was great. Yeah, so that was um, so our gunning property was two and a half acres for those yeah. that don't already know. And um, and and we had um, a bit of a clean up to do when we got there. It wasn't perfect. We had a lot of a clean up to do when we got there. Um, <laughs> that's part of the reason why we got the place yeah, as cheap as we did. I didn't realise the uh, backyard was so big until we cleaned it up. So, because yeah, uh, from what we could see, it was just scrub and bush and <laughs> junk everywhere. And uh, when we cleaned it up, it turned out to be quite good. It was nice big open paddocks and. Once no overgrown stuff. Once we stuff could see the fence line. Yeah, once we could see where all the fences were and bits yeah. and pieces, it was, wasn't too bad. And we had a couple good. of things that we um, that we took care of there too, didn't we? So we, I think, uh, I think your first foray into plumbing with sewerage happened <laughs> An there. Understatement. <laughs> uh, yes, the sewerage system was not the greatest and it looked like it had been repaired by the Budgie Brothers. <laughs> Um, five different pieces of pipe all stuck together with concrete. Um, it was a mess. So, and, and we should clarify that in the Handy Helper's previous life, what was your occupation that you trained for out of school? Uh, I'm actually a mechanic by trade. <laughs> so <laughs> diesel, not, diesel plant mechanic. He's not the most unhandy of helpers. Helpers. He really is the handy helper. I can dig a hole. Put it that way. Yeah, I can dig a hole. You can make structural things go the right direction. Again. Yeah, the the plumbing was my first little uh, tinker with something different like to what I would normally do. And, um, a bit different I, to working on a motor. I think I excavated the whole backyard with a shovel <laughs> to find out where these million pipes went all over the place um, and fixed them all. So It was certainly a rabbit warren. Um, to, to be able to fix a piece of pipe on a Saturday afternoon... Uh, which I didn't think was going to be possible. Um, and our local, our local ag guy down the road yeah, was, was using the piece of pipe that I needed to stack <laughs> little pipes inside, and I pinched it off his shelf and said, "I need that." Yeah. So and lucky, he, and he sold it to me. To yeah, he sold it to me. Yeah. So, uh, so we got out there to, to gunning, and um, you'd never lived on a farm. You'd never had anything to do with farming. No. And I think the first thing I said to you was, "We need chooks." And we got ourselves some fertile eggs because, you know, I had to be different. Had to get the blue egg-laying chickens. Couldn't have a standard chook. Uh, and I think we borrowed a, an incubator we from We borrowed somebody, an incubator from someone to hatch them. Yeah, yeah, so we didn't even own the incubator. And we put these eggs in and out of the 12, I think only five or six were viable. I think we got six at hatched and that yeah, was it. Yeah, and one died and we ended up with yeah. five left. Yeah. Uh, but then we, of course, had baby chickens and nowhere to keep them. Yeah. So what was the handy helper's first job? Uh, try and build a chicken coop out of what we had, which was uh, we had this old busted carport that was out the back and we enclosed it and made a chicken coop out of it yeah. um, and even cut a hole in the side of the shed wall yes, so did. that they had somewhere to roost of a night yeah. um, so that the foxes that. wouldn't get them. Yeah. about that, cutting the, yeah. So we cut like a dog door hole. And the chooks used to come through and perch in the shed overnight and go out during the day. So, are you seeing any warning signs at that point? That what, you... that you were nuts? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no, I liked the chooks. The so chooks probably, were awesome. I mean, you, you are an animal lover anyway. You're, well, a, dog, you're a dog person. Yeah. If we have to classify. I'm any animal. Them. Any animal that Oh, except shows... maybe cats. Yeah, I'm not a cat lover. I'd just, no. I'll admit that. Yeah. Cats. But, but... I love them to death. I'd never hurt them, but I just don't like cats. Yeah. But, yeah. but you are an animal lover, so yep. so the transition from never having been a chook owner or a chicken keeper to suddenly having five of her own, was that a hard transition for you? Not at all. They were like my pets. <laughs> <laughs> they really were. I used to pick a... I used to pick them up and walk around the yard with them under my arm and talk to them. <laughs> um, you know, and there, there was a few that we got really attached to. Yeah, um, who were your two favourites out of that batch that uh, survived? That, out of know, that batch that survived? Well, there is, there is unfortunately, only one still alive, so, which is Miss Agnes. Um, and she had a sister. Uh, who we renamed after a bit, and we ended up calling her Red Bull. And why did we call her Red Bull? Because she had evil red eyes, and she looked like she drank a can of Red Bull. She used to chase you around. But she was a big silk, and she loved to but cuddle. She's a big silk, but she did used to peck occasionally. Yeah, it was affection. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Not sure about she that. Loved but... it. She loved it. Uh, she'd chase you and peck you until you picked her up and carried yeah, her. That yeah, was, it was usually a demanding peck. Yeah, it was like a demanding peck. Up and, yeah. yeah. So Red, and, Bull, um, yeah, Red Bull was my favourite. And out of that, 
our Agnes that we still have alive, who's our oldest surviving chook that's out in our pastured uh, paddock for the chickens that lay eggs. Um, she had we hatched two of her eggs in the second batch of hatching that we did. Yep. And we still have those two girls, don't we? We have one in particular that's my one's, favourite. One's definitely the Handy Helper's favourite. Yeah. So Agnes uh, is an Arakan, so the blue egg layers, so the Easter egg. Yep. And she has two, uh, we got two pens out of her eggs that we hatched. And we call them the Top Notch Sisters because they have those fluffy little top notches that Arakans sometimes have. Mm-hmm. And one of them got renamed the goat chicken. The goat chicken. <laughs> because she wouldn't leave the goat pen alone. She wanted to live in the goat pen. And so because she was living in the goat pen so much, she got renamed the goat chicken. She's so tame. She runs around after the handy helper. And then she vanished in um, January of this year. She vanished for a couple of weeks. And what were you thinking? It broke, it broke my heart. I thought... Uh I thought for sure that a fox or something had got up because she used to walk around and do her own thing out in the paddock or around the dam or wherever she could go. And I thought for sure a fox had got her. She she was and, gone for three weeks. And what did I say about the time frame? What did I say about that three-week time frame? Yeah, you had a rough idea of where she was. She, <laughs> she was hiding somewhere and I couldn't find it for the life of me. I tried. I looked everywhere. And Every, I, everywhere I where I thought she'd hide, she'd hide under something or anything, and I could not find her. I thought she was gone. And I looked everywhere. But now that you're a chicken keeper, what does a three-week gap in seeing a chicken usually mean? Uh, it means that she's sitting on something, <laughs> and she's waiting. And she was sitting on something yes. and waiting. And yeah. I mean, she had a lot of eggs under her when we did find the nest. Yes. There was a lot that there didn't hatch. There was about hatch. 19 under her. <laughs> <laughs> she'd been storing them up for a while. No. Uh, but how many did she hatch? She hatched about four. Four what it looks like at the moment four little girls which we are little hens um three black ones and a gray one yep um but she is the most doting mum ever she is Um, she's spot on she's she's been amazing with those little ones i I wouldn't call them so little anymore they're nearly as big as her (laughs) but uh and they still try and hide under her when it's time for sleeping which is hilarious yeah so after we got past our chickens, because we've, you know, we, as you all know, we have, you know, 25 laying chickens and we also at the moment, I think we've got about 10 boys in the oh, cage. Oh, there's about 10 roosters in the page, yeah, in the, in so, the page, sorry. So after that, uh, we got two little girly goats arrived courtesy of my mother and father. And so, what did you think when they arrived? Um, that was different. Um, not... Uh, it was strange. They were friendly. They were friendly, which was good because your mum had hand raised them anyway. Um, but uh, the way I looked at them was just like they were a dog with horns. <laughs> yeah. that, that was it, basically, because they used to follow you around everywhere. But if you turned your back, they'd ram you throughout the backside <laughs> until they got to know you. But now right. they're. It was games. That's yeah, the games. it was games. We had the two girls, so which are still out in the paddock. Still They're, grumpy. We still have Hazel yeah. and Willow. They're our first uh, milking goats, Anglo-Nubian yeah. Cross Alpines, and um, or British Alpines, I think they are. Yeah. And um, they came to us in Kib. So two months after they arrived... Bingo. <laughs> well, you had your first goat birth, didn't you? I had uh, the first goat birth. It was... Uh, Hazel went first. It was, it was Hazel, actually. It mm. was very... She had a little boy and a little girl. Yeah. And yeah. He, he was the biggest-headed boy was the, ever Yeah, well, I think he was buff, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he was the original um, buff. He was the original buff. Um, he had the biggest head I've ever seen. Um, but And a little body, but he was absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. He was a little silk, and um, and a little girl was good too. Yep. So, um, yeah, that was interesting. I think I was on the phone to everyone saying yeah. that I've had... I'm, I'm poppy. <laughs> I remember you sending your mum photos and saying, Mum, you're a grandma again. You're a grandma again. again. Yeah. <laughs> Was, uh, Lucky she takes it well. <laughs> yes, she laughed and she said how beautiful they were. So, but uh, that was that was that was a very interesting night. Mm. So that was when we learnt of the goat code. The yeah, goat code. The go- so, so the doe code for those that don't know is what the goats do when they're due to kid, and uh, you are watching them with eagle eyes because you think, oh my god, I can't miss it. What if something goes wrong and I need to be there to help? And of course. We don't need to be there to help. We've since worked that out. Um, we do like to be there to see them arrive into the world. Um, and we do like to video it so we can show other people what it's like. But we have discovered that we don't need to be there, that these goats are more than capable of delivering on their own. 
Uh, but goats have this code where as soon as you look like you're wearing nice clothes, about to walk out the door, go away somewhere on holiday, <laughs> go out for dinner, go into town to do shopping, that's when they will start displaying every signal that you can imagine that they're about to go into labour. Yep. And of course, when you hang around for about an hour, you know, delay all your plans Two or miss hours, your plans. Three hours, four <laughs> they, hours. <laughs> they then don't go into labour and then go back to eating the grass and ignoring you and pretending yeah. nothing was happening. Uh, that can go on for oh, 10 days Yep. Uh, before they actually kid. So if you don't believe me, uh, look up the dough code. Believe me, you will find it and you'll be very surprised. Mm. Um, so the next thing after the goats, veggie gardens. Now, uh, this involved you doing a bit more work, <laughs> didn't it? This is burning out. This is the... <laughs> the $50 million question. Been a nightmare. <laughs> And how's that veggie garden looking at the moment, Handy uh, Helper? Looks like shit. <laughs> <laughs> Handy it's Helper got, and I It's are got about on... 50 million raspberry stalks sticking <laughs> up out of it, and that's about it. The Handy Helper and I are far better animal livestock farmers than we are gardens. I could gardens. never be a veggie farmer or anything like that. We try. I kill everything. We try. We, we do okay yeah. with garlic, potatoes, and onions. Because you don't have to touch them. leave them in the ground yeah. and walk away. Um, tomatoes, we've had hit and miss with. Yeah. As zucchinis, we've had great luck with once we got the bees. Yeah. They then, yeah, produce like crazy. But things like pumpkins, where we can put it in. Walk away. Walk away, come back <laughs> three months later and go, oh, look, oh, wow, there's, there's some pumpkins. <laughs> That's what we're better at than what we are with animals. Anyway, um, uh, so the next thing, which was probably the most exciting for me and maybe the scariest for you, uh, was the... I wasn't a fan of it. Was the bees? Yeah. I always I had a long, lifelong goal to be a beekeeper, uh, even though I do sometimes get a reaction to stings. Um, but <laughs> that's an understatement. <laughs> so only that one time. Uh, so I went across and did a beekeeping course with the Canberra Beekeepers Association, and luckily my mentor that I attached to within that group uh, had a hive that he was selling probably two months later. And he contacted me and asked me if I wanted to buy the hive. And I said, handy helper, have uh, I got a job for you? Yes, up at the crack of, <laughs> I think it was before the crack <laughs> of dawn, um, in the pitch black, stumbling around looking for beehives. Um, <laughs> and uh, once the beehive was found, I sat in the car with the window up and let you do it all. <laughs> handy was helper a, was not keen on the idea of bees. No, no. Uh, and, um, and of course you have to seal up the hive uh, before sunlight and um, and then we had to load it and luckily um, the gentleman who was my mentor had a, a hive lifter which meant that the handy helper did have to get out of the car and help lift because it is a muscle job once it was all closed up yeah <laughs> and then we got the hive back to the house at gunning and we got it into a beautiful little spot in our orchard area and uh, the kids came up and had a look because my two kids are they love it they put the bee suit on without a problem yep um, and we got them all settled in, and of course, then the veggie garden took off. Didn't it? Didn't yeah. it? What? Holy God! What a difference um, just having the bees made. Yeah, it did, you can it? notice it straight away. Yeah, and so, people people don't believe me, but it's true. It's yeah. you saw it. Like we went from a whole bunch of flowers that weren't really budding into fruit, doing nothing, and they then were all doing of a nothing. Sudden, yeah, yeah. We we suddenly just had an oversupply. Walking around the front yard with a cotton tip. Touching zucchini flowers to cross pollinate to having that many zucchinis, we don't know what to do with them. You know, and like yeah. I think we we're feeding them to the goats in we the end because we had that many of them. And I was giving them away, not yeah. selling them, giving them away. They weren't zucchinis anymore. They were like they got too big. In bloody, the end. Yeah, marrows. They were huge. Yeah. yeah. Um, so and then what about? Um, I started going down the track of wanting more hives. But of course, I couldn't afford it because I'm a tight ass and I don't like spending money. Yeah. So then my <laughs> grand plan was to catch some wild hives and you got kind of roped in there, didn't you? That was, uh, there's only one word I can use to sum that up, uh, bullshit. That was <laughs> off tap. It really was. We uh, found a wild hive in a tree down the backyard yep. at Gunning. They're a little bit nasty. And I thought, oh, there's a hive there. I'll just walk over and have a quick look in it. And well, that was the first mistake I've ever made. 
when it comes to bees because one bee decided that it was going to belt the shit out of me <laughs> and chased me all the way back to the house and belted the shit out of me the whole way there and then finally when he got to the house he stung me yeah. just for the hell of it yeah. so um they were such a nice hive in. were they they were a bunch of mongrels and things they were probably the nastiest um, hive we've ever dealt with that's i've never I've been nailed by a few things before when it comes to stinging animals, <laughs> like wasps. Say, I was going to um, say, are still talking about animals here? Uh, um, oh, yeah, that's it. But um, I've been nailed by um, you, you European have, wasps before. you European before. wasp attack, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I've been attacked by one of them, 16 stings, yeah. all to the face. Uh, but these guys were crazy. They yeah. were. They were like, they acted like wasps. One come out and, then, and they all swarmed. And then do you remember that, like, because you were hesitant to, to try and... Yeah, pull this tree apart to get them out that I waited till you're at work and decided to go and rescue this hive all on my own. Yeah, yeah. How'd that work out for you? <laughs> Not real good. <laughs> Just describe what you saw when you got home from work. Um, I would say it probably looked like the worst Botox I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and whereabouts um, was my Botox? <laughs> uh, right above your lip. Yeah, you got great, stung and you look like you had Botox injections in your lips because they were that freaking big. It was like two sausages strapped to your face. And, a, and, and I thought I was doing okay, but then you sat down and we had, I think, a cup of tea or something when you got home from work and, and you looked at me and went, I'm actually watching your face swell up. It was. It was getting bigger and bigger because <laughs> you uh, you probably got stung about 10 minutes before I got home and about 20 minutes after that, we were in the car heading to the hospital because yeah. face was so swollen it wasn't funny. Do you remember that that, so, that lovely doctor at Yas Hospital said to me, I think you need to find a different hobby? I think you had it, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're barking up the wrong tree, love. It's not going to change. So, anyway, so about eight Finnegans later, I was fine. Yeah. And I'd had a great sleep. Eight Finnegans, half a bottle of red, a couple of scotches. <laughs> yeah, well, it was all good. I'd, uh, I'd had a really, really good sleep and the, and the sting had gone down. Yeah. Uh, but since then, we've had a couple of good experiences yeah. getting hives, haven't well, we? Well, the, the silly thing about that, uh, going back to that with the tree, I think the next day we actually suited up and went down and opened it right up anyway yeah, we did. to have a look at it with the pair of us there. Yeah. Um, and that was chockers. That whole tree was hollow yeah, inside. But remember, was, we couldn't keep them anyway. No, we, we couldn't got keep, them into a hive. We got them in a hive so. and they all buggered off and we don't know where they went. They, yeah, they completely took swarmed and took off. They were very much a wild hive. So, but we did get a heap of honey out of that tree, yeah, if I did. remember rightly. We did. We did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sucked um, in. Uh, <laughs> But, um, but then we had another incident. We had one incident where I recall you uh, perhaps dropping something on me. That was hilarious. <laughs> hilarious for me. No, no, sort of hilarious for me. Not. Uh, we had a hive swarm and they were in a gum tree. And uh, we right thought, out on the end of a branch. Right on the end of a branch, yeah. yeah. And I thought, bugger this, I'll get my big ladder out and... I'll just cut the branch off and we'll bring it down and we'll shake it into a box and we'll go that way with it to yeah. see, Makes see sense. what would happen. It made sense. It all made sense. Everything yeah. made sense yeah. until I cut the branch. Yeah. And the branch was heavier than I thought it was. Yeah, because bees are heavy, aren't bees they? Bees are heavy, yeah. <laughs> and uh, poor CJ was standing directly underneath <laughs> me and copped it right on top of the head. So I had a whole about... swarm. I reckon I probably had about oh, maybe 10,000 bees. Bees smack you fair in the smack face? Smack straight on top of my suit. <laughs> Luckily, my suit was done up properly. <laughs> but and, and to be fair, for those of you that have never been around bees swarming, when they're swarming, they are not prone to stinging. Uh, honestly, they will sting. They will sting and, and certainly... Handy helper can attest to that on I another found, occasion. I found that out the hard way. Uh, but, yeah. but, but when they're swarming, generally they are in that mode of we need to get honey and get set up for the queen, for oh. our, our queen that we've taken, into a new hive. Yeah. So generally they're quite calm. And you'll see people on, on Instagram and shit like that where they you know scoop them up with their hands and, and they're standing there without suits on. They're a bit braver than me. I, I still yeah, like to have I wouldn't a suit go on. there. No. Uh, but, but certainly a swarming hive is generally not prone to stinging not prone to attacking yeah. so so to be fair having them dumped on my head all i was concerned about was getting them in the box so if you remember right i was over the box shaking, your shaking head. my head trying to drop all these bees into the <laughs> box that were sitting on me uh, um but you did have an incident where you perhaps thought you couldn't see quite right through your uh suit could well, you? i had a how could you put it a brain fart mm. Um, and couldn't see properly out of my suit while I was trying to do it and went, screw this, and took the hood off. 
How'd that, that go for that, you? That wasn't a smart move. <laughs> <laughs> Not smart at all, because I got absolutely smashed. I got walloped all up did the you, back of my did neck. Did you and perhaps drop a little cluster of bees onto yourself? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they just about went down inside my suit, which yeah, wasn't which very I, smart. I don't think I've ever seen you move like that. Uh, I'm surprised I didn't break any bones because I think I went off the top <laughs> top rung of the ladder and just jumped. Um, it wasn't very nice at all. Me and running around like the was on fire. And folks, can I just say, we have, in our time, become much better beekeepers. We currently have seven, seven hives. We've got seven hives now. Seven yeah. hives that we've got at the moment and they're all healthy and doing really well. And my two kids get involved in it. Um, last time we extracted, OJ was out there helping me. We've got a, a manual spinner that we use yep. and he was out there helping after after the handy helper had done his muscle work on spinning it for me because he can do it much better than I can um, but we are I would say we're not we're definitely not I'm expert more, level beekeepers but I'm we more are confident we're now. more confident than I'm we more confident than what I used to be yeah. Um, but yeah I still, I'm still not a fan of the bees no they sting so uh, so that was that was gunning and then do you remember we got to a point where I started saying we need a bigger farm yeah, I was really worried about this. <laughs> you didn't seem real happy when I first suggested it, did you? Yeah, well, it was, a, it was a hard decision to make because we'd set up what we wanted to at Gunning and I didn't really want to have to do it all again, um, partly because I'm lazy and I don't like doing things twice. And we'd, we'd um, only been there for three years. So to yeah, we'd only been there for three years. It was our first fair, little bite at it, it was, I suppose. It was a, a, another move, another house move yes. with kids. Yes. And this time with animals. Yes, which was quite difficult. And, and of course, we didn't have a farm picked out when I first said that. We didn't have... No, we looked at a few different places. We we went probably further out again, I think, at one stage. We did look. We looked out at Dalton. We looked at Dalton. We looked out at um, uh, Bynalong. Yep. Uh, which house. is even further out again yeah. at a few places. Nothing really grabbed our attention, which was... Well, nothing grabbed my attention. Uh, we found there was a few that I liked, but the one uh, there was the one at the bottom of uh, Barabanglo. Oh, yeah, the, that yeah, we liked. Off grid farm, yeah. Uh, it was a complete off-grid farm, the same yeah. as this. Eighty um, acres, I think it was. Yeah, it was about eighty acres, and it was really good. It had a lot of potential, and I but liked it. A, a lot of but, dirt road too. Yeah, there was a lot of dirt road. And that it was, was a bit hairier than what we've got here. Yeah, um, um, I, that was one that really grabbed me attention, and I liked it. Um, I could see myself living on that one. But we, we had a pretty good. we had a pretty specific checklist too, didn't we? We did. We were fussy, fussy yeah. farmers. Yeah, um, but we like for a reason. I mean, yeah, for we, a reason. We wanted water sources. Yeah, had to have water. Had to have good water. And, and we knew we weren't going to be able to afford something on the river, but dams yeah. and a natural spring, dam wise and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and at least tanks. Yeah, it had to um, have. And we, to have wanted, good water we wanted off grid if we could, didn't we? Yeah, because we were sick of paying power bills, so yeah. we were happy to go off grid. Um, and that was the lifestyle that we were kind of leaning towards at that point. Uh, but I do remember we had a little bit of a dispute over me and my use of all homes. And for those that are overseas, all homes is the local real estate webpage here in Australia. And pretty much, if it's not on all homes, then you can forget it. Everything's on all homes. It might be yep. on a, it might be on a local real estate agent page as well, but it'll be advertised on all homes. Yep. And I, I did get to a point where I was maybe a frequent flyer with all homes for yeah, a while there. Yeah, there was, uh, I think in the end, there was threats made yeah. that um, if I come home and found the all homes page open again, certain things were going to happen, probably with a hot <laughs> poker. And it wasn't going to be pleasant, folks. It was not going to be pleasant. I was um, sick of coming home to, oh, look at this place, oh, look at this place. And I'm looking at the price tags on this place going, oh my God. <laughs> How are we going to do this? I wasn't going too overboard. Yeah, you know. sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, your overboard and my overboard are two different there's, things. There's a difference between want and need too. So you know. yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but then, do you remember the day that I rang you? I think I was on a day off because I worked shift work still back then. Yes. And I was on a day off, and I may have given you a phone call in about ten o'clock in the morning. Yes, you did. And what was that phone call like? Um, it sounded like. Uh, I, I would say if the Guinness Book of Records was in the room at the time, uh, Cass would have won the record for the most amount of words used in about 30 seconds um, <laughs> about a farm that she'd spotted on all homes and that we're going to have a look at it and it's perfect and it's this and it's that and it was, yeah, the 
the uh, vocabulary and uh, the swear words that were mixed in with it <laughs> and a bit of everything else, I'm like, yeah, all right, start again. Let's go slower this time. And I think I actually said to you, because I'm pretty sure that this is what I did do, I think I said to you, you don't need to agree or not agree because I've already rung the real estate State agent, agent and told him that we're coming out to look. Yeah, that was about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I, and I think I also said, and we discussed it previously. We had what I used to refer to as the golden triangle, which was an area that I was keen to purchase in yeah, because definitely. it was an area that had school buses that yep. came through, so that we didn't have to drive the kids to school like we're doing at Gunning. It was closer to town. It was closer it's, to town. Yeah, had to be it closer was, to town. Um, it was in an area. So we where we live in the Yass River area, there's a lot of wine growing around us that's a shame so, yeah. yeah it's terrible so many wineries um, it, it had to be in an area where there would be um tourist movement through the area yep. because if we wanted to move into the kind of ideas that i had for the farm which was the possibility of people like setting up a cabin where people could come and rent a cabin out for the weekend it had to be in an area where there were things that they would want to come and visit yeah um, and, and there was no point being out in the boonies and then saying, oh, by the way, you can come stay in a cabin. And they go, well, there's nothing to do out there. Um, so so it was in my Golden Triangle area. Yep. And we came and had a look first thing on the Saturday morning. Uh, I think it was just you and me. We didn't have any kids in tow. Yeah, we did. We came out and had a look by ourselves. Yeah. The real estate guy met us out here. Yeah, and it turned out that the seller was one of my daughter's teachers from school. Yeah, or ex-teacher. <laughs> ex-teacher. She, she'd previously taught her in year three. So, yeah. So that made... Uh, the purchasing process a bit easier. It made things a little bit easier for us, I'd say. It's, um, you know, we come out and had a look at it before it was actually open house, which was good. Um, then we come out and had a look at it again when it was open house. And yeah. uh, the interest in the place uh, from a lot of other people scared me because I thought, yeah. wow. Because you thought we're never going to get this there's place. There's no way we're ever going to get this place. I, I fell in love with it the moment I got out of the car. The first time we come yeah, out we here, I thought, that. holy Jesus, have a go at this place. It had, it had everything we wanted. Yeah, everything we wanted. And, uh, you know, and the fact that the owner was still here at the time and he just... He said, go, you know, go for a drive up the back of the property and have a good drive around and stuff like that mm. and follow the tracks around the, you know, the property and stuff. And yep. we went for a drive and I couldn't believe how big it was. I'm yeah. like, oh my God, this is absolutely enormous. <laughs> you know, we, we're talking like a hundred times, 300 times bigger than gunning. Yeah. You know, it's um, and, and 120 me, acres is massive when you, when you stand me, on it. For me, that wasn't, like, I didn't think that was big because my, no. my dad's original <laughs> farm was 400 acres. Yeah. So to me, it was like, I think it was just under 400 acres, but it was yeah. big. Yeah. So, so to me, awesome. 400 acres was a normal size farm. Yeah. And whereas you're, you'd never even considered a farm no. that size, had you? No. Uh, many, many years ago, there was a farm that I looked at that was only, like it was a 10 acre block. And I thought yeah, that yeah, was yeah. massive. Yeah. You know? Um, and, 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 be, and surprisingly and enough, it's not that far from where we are. Yeah. So, um, you know, and I thought that was massive, but this just, uh, it blew my mind. Yeah. It did, it blew my mind. It still does. Yeah. You know, that we if, own if all I, this land. Yeah, if I go for a walk right up to the back of the property, up on top of the hill and stuff, um, where it all levels out, you can see for miles. You yeah. know, the view's phenomenal. I know where we want to build another house, that's for yes. sure. It's on yeah, top of the hill. Yeah, we've already got a spot on top of the hill, yep. haven't we? Because yep. the sun hits it first thing in the morning, yep. which would be lovely. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, so once we actually got out here, because we so we had to go through the process of moving out here. Yep. Now we were lucky; the old owners had some livestock that they didn't want to take with them. Yep. And they were happy for us to take that livestock in the the transfer process. Yeah. Uh, we had a, a dodgy ass ram who is now gone, thank God, because <sighs> he was God. an asshole. He used yeah. to fucking headbutt us all. Like yeah. if you turned your back on him for a second, you'd be ass over. Um, but we had angoras, courtesy of the old owners. Yep. Which I'd, I'd had angoras around me as a kid, like my yeah. mum had had, I think she'd had cashmere coats, but um, I'd been exposed to them, so it yeah. wasn't a completely foreign experience. Uh, but for you, that was the first time you'd had any contact with goats like that. Oh, they were, angoras are weird. They are, <laughs> I, I, there's French no other goats. way to put it, the French goats, we put them, yeah. We call them. Um, they're, they're weird, and the, the problem that we had was, um, I think when we moved out here, the interaction with these goats uh, was minimal. Was minimal, so they didn't want a bar of you. But uh, in saying that, the but two two and a half years that we've been here now, I can go out in the paddock and bloody wrestle them. You know, they yeah. they come up to you to have a play. It's, a, it's amazing it's, what food will do for a Oh yeah, food. It? Yeah, food <laughs> orientated with everything. 
But there is there is three in particular uh, out of the eight that we have now yeah. um, that are really friendly. Yeah. So Princess, Princess, and, uh, Evelyn, uh, Evelyn, and Elmo. Elmo, yeah. Elmo's a little weather, and he's so tame. He's, he's so quiet. He follows you around. And that, that poor bastard had to put up with my first attempt at shearing, didn't he? Uh, yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> yeah. If anyway, Elmo <laughs> didn't require stitches. No, so, no let's right. just put it that way. Yeah, lots of spray just, and sticky tape. Lots of spray and all we good. might have just joined him back up a bit, but he did not require stitches. That uh, will, so we know now awesome. not to let Cass near the Cass shears. Cass shears. Yeah, exactly. Yes. I'm not good with shears. <laughs> we have a lovely shearer that comes out and yep. does it, and he has everything on the trailer, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, but but so we had the, the Angoras. We had, um, they had some leftover chickens, which we kept. Yep. Um, they also had four horses on the property, and one of them was a uh, papered Anglo-Arab, uh, so she wasn't to come with the property, but the other three, they were happy to come with the property. Yep. Um, but what ended up happening with the Anglo-Arab? Uh, that's an interesting story. Uh, behind uh, CJ's back, I organised with the owner to purchase her. So uh, Cass fell in love with this horse, and... I knew that she didn't want to give it up, so I made a bit of a deal with the people. They had nowhere to take the horse. They'd moved uh, probably a fair distance away from us now, um, and they had nowhere to put her, and they didn't know what to do with her, so I waved some money in their face. (laughs) And and, uh, And I got money off an Oh, First of all, she rightly told me to bugger off, um, and then uh, she realised that it was a pretty good deal. Uh, yeah, and that and, was going to uh, save her a lot of hassle. It was going to save her a lot of hassle. And, and let's face it, Abby the Arab. She's beautiful. Um, is beautiful. She's beautiful. She's a big fat barrel, but she's beautiful. Yeah. Um, she's and she's a she terrorist. We call her the cow killer. Cow killer. She chases yeah. the poor potty calves because she's yeah. got a bit of an attitude. And for those that know horses, all I'm going to say is she's a chestnut mare. And that should say everything, everything you need about to know. her. Um, she is a chestnut mare who absolutely has the personality of a chestnut mare. Um, she's a shit. She's a shit. Um, anyway. Lovable shit, but. So, yeah. so we've got the horses, the goats. We brought our goats with us. We've got Cutlet. The Cutlet. ringing. The ringing. Cutlet's a sheep that I got gifted because she kept escaping the paddock she was in and I kept shielding them back in over and gunning. And the person said, oh, can I do anything for you for doing all the work for me? And I said, yeah, you can give me that little lamb. I'll keep it and put it in the freezer. <laughs> and of course, then we moved and... Cutler came with us. Cutler came with us and she was big enough to go in the freezer, but we just didn't have the time or the room or the cold room or anything to put her in. Yeah. And then we had a ram here, so we tried to get her pregnant because we thought, oh, well, maybe we can get some lambs out of her before we put her in the freezer. No, that was hopeless. And she's... Yeah. Anyway, at the moment, she's in the yard with the Anglo-Nubian bark, who's Rocky, our, our purebred Anglo-Nubian bark. Uh, sidling up to him, trying to explain to him that even though she's a sheep, she really likes him. Yeah, yeah. And she'd really like a, a goatee she's up, cuddle. She's up for a good time. Yeah. <laughs> dirty, dirty she's cuddle. a hussy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, many, so. Many a morning I come down and find her cuddled up with him in the uh, yeah, little shed. In the shed, yes. And she uh, gets up and does the walk of shame every morning. She's oh, a little shit. Stride of pride. Stride of pride. Stride of pride. It's not the walk of shame. <laughs> Anyway, all right, so we'll keep going. Highlights. What's your highlights from moving to the big farm? What are things that you kind of look back now and go, wow, that that's pretty cool? I think more the um, the size of the place is what gets me. Oh, and we should and, Yeah, and, and the fact that you can get a dirt bike and tear the crap out of it. We should have. The, the Handy Helper is one of those very special people who likes to think that he's Jesus because his birthday is Christmas Day. And so as it's his Christmas present and his birthday present in one the first year that we're out here i managed to convince one of our workmates who was selling his dirt bike to get a road bike uh to sell me the dirt bike and the year that i think it was the same year you gave me abby was it the same year you gave following me? year was it the following year yeah i got you a dirt bike yeah and wow you, yeah you like your dirt bike don't you i do i do now i being uh, a person that rode road bikes hmm. my whole time to get You've on never a, ridden a dirt to bike, get on a dirt bike was different um, and uh, scary and <laughs> and uh, maybe stacked a few times stacked a few times <laughs> and took a bit of bark off and 
uh, did bits and pieces, but laughed about it the whole time. Yeah. Um, and need to start acting my age. Yes. I think. Not, <laughs> the handy helper likes to go riding with our next door neighbour, who's what twenty? Uh, he's just turned twenty. Yeah, and um, and I'm just about to turn fifty. So twenty-year-olds uh, been riding dirt bikes for a little while. Since and, he was about uh, four. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's pretty keen and he's pretty evil, Knievelly kind of rider. And the handy helper tried to keep up with him one day. Yeah, big oh, mistake. Good. Big mistake. <laughs> But, uh, so, uh, so, so all the space is a big highlight for you. But yep. now I'm going to say pre precursor this by saying that we have a sign on the wall that says mistakes are proof that you're trying. Uh, that's for our kids. Uh, and we all know that when we make a mistake, it is a learning curve. But what are some of the mistakes that you've made since you've been out on the big farm? Um, one, one, one comes to mind big time. And it's uh, it's one that, luckily enough, the kids will never know. No, they don't listen to the um, podcast. Because they don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> uh, when we had uh, one of our gates had kids, we she had, had triplets. She had triplets. She? Yep, and uh, they were out in the main paddock running around, and one of them got stuck in the tree, being a goose. And uh, as it was only a little bubby, and uh, I picked it up and went to walk back across the yard and tripped over the dog. Mm. and landed on the goat which is not good because I absolutely shattered his front leg mm. um, and where was I at the time? you were in town and <laughs> I didn't know what the hell to do and I was panicking and I'm trying to trying to work out what I'm going to do with it and I didn't have the heart to dispatch it you weren't up to dispatching animals I wasn't that, up to dispatching animals at that stage um, I didn't uh, I didn't know what the hell to do so I ended up throwing him in the car and taking him to the vets <laughs> and I got him put down at the vets the poor bugger but he's um, he's buried yeah and, our, we, well, and, we, and we just told the kids that he hurt himself yeah I told the kids that he hurt himself uh, yeah. but uh, yeah I would never tell them the truth that but I was I, a clumsy clot and tripped over I did get a rather anxious phone call that afternoon I was standing at the kids sport practice and I got a rather excited phone call saying I don't know what, what to, to do, do. <laughs> and my response because because I grew up you know with just having to manage those things yourselves, mm. um, my response was get a sharp knife and slit his throat. And you panicked at that and went, I can't do that. And I went, well, you have to. Just do it. It's no. The quicker you do it, he's in agony. I, I, couldn't do it. I couldn't do it at that stage. But, uh, but now, now, now is a different story. Um, if you knew that you were dispatching an animal to stop pain. Stop the pain, yeah. The poor little bugger, I took him to the vets and uh, his leg was broken in like five places. Yeah, the vet said there was no, so, no coming back from um, Yeah, a, a poor little goat that weighs probably about four kilos. Yeah. Uh, being landed on by a hundred kilo person yeah. does, doesn't <laughs> go down too well. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. That was probably the worst thing I've done out here. Um, and, and at that point, like you say, you weren't ready to dispatch animals at that point. No. But, but I mean, earlier, or oh, late last year, when we started moving into our more pastured poultry um, setup, yep. you got to a point, and you'd already dispatched a couple of roosters at that point. I, I certainly remember a rooster that perhaps climbed up the back of your leg one day. Bastard thing. Yeah. If anyone's uh, ever had experience with roosters that don't like people, uh, <laughs> we had uh, two Arakan roosters. Yeah. Um, and to start with, they were fine, but once they grew their spurs yeah. on their legs, uh, they liked to climb yeah. up the back of you. Uh, as soon as you turned your back, they'd launch and, at you. And I do vaguely remember you saying, even just before, probably only a couple of weeks before that, oh, I don't know that I could dispatch a chicken, not having done it before. Yeah. Well, and I said, yeah, it's not that hard. Like, you know, I've, I've wrung one's neck and I've also... Um, slit one's throat yeah. and and I said to you it's not that hard you'll you'll know when you can do it and <laughs> it was only a couple of weeks later and you found out yeah. how you could do it didn't you I wouldn't say that it was um, it was the spur of the moment he ran up the back of my leg and drew blood and I stretched him yeah, you just broke his neck. I broke his neck. Yeah. Yeah, I picked him up because and Because you had his enough neck. of yeah. aggressive behaviour. Um, yeah. The last thing I wanted was one of the kids to walk out there and him run up the back of one of the kids like that. Yeah. And um, I stretched him. Yeah, I broke his was, neck. He was and quite a big bird too. He was big. He was one of yeah. the bigger, bigger roosters that we've had. Um, 
and we had two of them at the time and the other one head for the hills when he seen me do it <laughs> and he, i don't think he attacked anybody for uh, a while did he? it was a long time before um i went out into the i went out into the chicken coop one day to let them out to have them walk around and uh the moment i turned me back he run up me back yeah and i went oh well you're gone too. Yeah. yep you're gone as we well we don't we don't keep aggressive roosters here um, no. and the reason for that is because if we are going to use fertilized eggs uh, for hatching we don't want them coming off a rooster that's aggressive no nah. um and i know that some breeds that's their trait and some roosters that's just their their nature yeah. but, but we've got sam at the moment sam is he has been aggressive but he's only been aggressive when he's had limited girls yeah when he's, had when he's got girls, enough girls he's, he's if, fine if you can corner him at the moment he's usually, quite easy to pick usually, up usually yeah if, even if yeah. he's up on the perch or something i can walk in and pick him up yeah. put him under my arm and, and just walk around talk to him pull on his little toggles on the bottom of his chin <laughs> and rub his head and he likes it but, so um, so after all that experience then early this year so we we both had covid over christmas last year yep. and we were due to dispatch we'd bought meat birds that we'd raised using a joel sullivan style uh, tractor kind of cage dragging it across the ground yep uh and we had um i think 17 birds yeah, that there was 17 in the end yeah and um and we couldn't do it over christmas when we were supposed to do it because we both had covid and we were both sick as dogs so we did it, I think, first week of January. I think it was about the first week of January. We Which did it, yeah. it was nice and hot. We got up nice and early and got things going pretty quick because we wanted to beat the flies. But um, And for those that are in the States, obviously, for us in January, that's smack bang in the middle of summer. Summer. Mm. And um, and so we got up and you your job was dispatching. That was because yep. I was my job was disassembly. That's what I refer to it as, the disassembly yep. line. Um, and uh, Handy Helper had also got ahead and made a... Um, de-plucker machine because de-plucking is my worst job I yep. hated it as a kid yep that was you interesting you did a good job didn't you yeah uh, god bless Google um, and YouTube because <laughs> uh, I got on YouTube and found a a um, a guy that made his own de-plucker and showed how easy it was to make it and mm. I thought I can do this this <laughs> is quite easy and uh, I, scra I scrounged around in the, in the pile of crap that we have lying around here and it was an old washing machine up the back and can I, I thought clarify, you it's not crap we don't throw out things that we can possibly use again yeah that's true yeah, yeah. well we're perfect for this because yeah. we had an old washing machine and the tub out of the inside of an old washing machine is perfect yeah. um to to build this contraption i think i bought the fingers off amazon bought the fingers little from amazon fingers little rubber fingers that go on the inside of it so we we made this thing and i used the uh, uh, we've got an old concrete mixer here um, and I'll use the electric motor off the concrete mixer so I can swap them so back and forward so it spins around in a circle and um, it uh, plucks chickens quite well yeah it did so, didn't it? Yeah, I it mean did. we had we had a, a few issues like tinkering issues as far yeah. as speed because I think you said the torque of it was too hard and it was yeah it was a bit savage to start with just yeah. about ripping heads <laughs> off chooks but, um, but we got there in the end yeah it's not too bad now it works quite well so and certainly in comparison to I think it used to take me about half an hour to pluck a chicken to about two minutes to pluck a chicken oh That's, even less yeah well two minutes in total in total start stop yeah let's check yeah, probably. Pull out, pull out any of the, any, of, the any extra feathers. leftover ones. It takes yeah. about two minutes tops, yeah. and that's it. Yeah. Um, so, but but as far as dispatching the chooks, you had no problem, did you? Oh, no problems at all. I uh, we we did a test run with one. Yep. To start with, and um, any anybody that's been around chickens knows if you hang a chicken upside down, it goes to sleep. Yep, and so, we use kill cones. So and we use the easy. kill cone, which is easy. So I just I plucked one out of the um, out of the cage and walked from the paddock up to where we were doing it and hung him upside down for a bit till he went to sleep and then um, put him in the kill cone and, and just did it, bang. And you had a nice sharp knife. Yeah, a real sharp knife. I just pinched around his neck to find out where the main main artery was and uh, just sliced it. It was so quick and easy. And, uh, of course, he jumped and squirmed and carried on, but inside the kill cone, they don't move. They don't come out, do they? They don't come out. So, we never had kill cones as kids, yeah. so Dad used to do it, and we used to stand there and hold them on the chopping block Yeah. with our hands like as far back from the neck as, neck we as could you get can. them because we were terrified that Dad was going to chop our fingers off. Yeah. And Dad would chop them, and usually we would let go of them because we'd panic about the fact that the, the axe had come down. Yeah. And uh, and the next thing, you'd have a chook with no head and blood run and run around, around, around the backyard. 
before we'd catch it again and hang yep. it on the clothesline. And then hanging it on the clothesline, we'd we'd plunge it in hot water first, hang it on the clothesline, and then we'd stand there and hand pick all Pluck the feathers nah, out. Fuck it, that. It was shit. It was horrid. Yep. Anyway, but so nice. now that you've done that, now that you're a uh, uh, pastured poultry farmer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, how do you reckon you'd go with dispatching other animals? Because um, that, let's just say, as a homesteader, surely that's what the comment that you and I both get the most is how could you raise and kill your own meat, your own livestock for consumption? That's the thing that people balk at. People say they could veggie garden, they could keep bees, no dramas, eggs, chicken eggs, all that. But when we say that we kill and eat our own animals what do people say they're uh, they're quite surprised yeah. um in saying that it is it's still it's still a hard thing for me like the chooks weren't a problem um but i think when it comes to the goats and uh the cows when we eventually get yeah. to them yeah. um it's going to be a different story because um it's something that you've raised and you've become attached to. And why have we become is, attached yeah, to Yeah, because we name the fucking and, things. That's and, the problem. Hence why the sheep was called Cutlet. Cutlet. Because um, I said early days, we're yeah. not naming them anything other Once than Once you name an animal, it's hard. And, well, you know, when, when we have our little goaties, when they kid and, you know, the things are, have just hit the ground out of mama. Yeah. And straight away, we're flipping them over to see what they are, whether they're well, boys girl, or girls yeah. or whatever. Um, you know, girls get the big, yay, we've got but, girls, but boys are like, oh, my God, here we go again. That's OJ's favourite little saying about uh, being a boy on a farm. He, have you heard him say it? No. He, somebody at school asked him, oh, do you love it when the animals are born on the farm? He goes, yeah, but you don't want to be a boy born on the farm because boys born on the farm are only good for eating. Yeah, they lose <laughs> the balls and get eaten. <laughs> So, and, and, he, and they said, oh, not all boys. And he said, even the bees, even the boy bees, bees. don't get to stay. No, they get booted too. <laughs> no, I think it's uh, it's it's one of them things. It's going to be, um, it'll be hard to do the first time ourselves. We have uh, had a goat dispatched here. Yep. Uh, our neighbour, lovely neighbour, did one for us. We, we didn't even have a sharp knife at that point. It didn't was have a knife to do days. it. He, he was quite a bigger boy and... Unfortunately, our buck that we used to have here, uh, who's no longer here, he's still alive. He hasn't been dispatched. He's just no longer here on this property. Oh, I don't anymore. know whether he's still alive. Mum, I don't know whether mum and dad have still got him. I don't he know, was one whatever. of my mum's bucks. He and was, he was um, a very big buck. He was a big boy and he didn't like boys around his girls, even though they were his own. And they were weathered. And they were weathered. They had um, he grabbed hold of one with his big horn and broke tore the front leg out and broke it well broke it we we don't yeah. know we didn't see him do it but it was the Got a best idea because yeah. we'd seen him hook him up before with his horns yeah so we figured that's what was um happened. he was he was a fairly big boy so we yeah. thought it was not worth wasting so and we that, rang was, the that neighbor. was the first time you'd seen a larger mammal get dispatched yeah first, first time i'd ever seen one of the goats go yeah, yeah. and and um, I, like i held him well well an extra neighbor did the slice drained him like cut his neck um, and I remember the look on your face was a little bit of shock. A little I bit probably of... went a really shit colour grey. Um, <laughs> like, all I can remember you saying is, wow, that's a lot of blood. Yeah, it's, um, like you said, he, he does it the best way possible. He's not, oh. um, he's not one of these people who will just... No, um, that extra name's fantastic. He won't shoot an animal in the head. Nah, he, nah, he, he just slices the throat. He sat there, gave him a pat, patted him, did everything. Calmed him a little bit. Calmed him right then, down and then just pinched down his neck to find the main artery and, and just went whopper. Yep, and I held him up by and his And he back was legs, done. And, and like he, he said to me, before he even hit the ground, he was dead. Yeah, so, because like we said, you can't survive with that much blood out of your system. Yeah. His heart wasn't pumping at that point. Yeah, like so... Like it wasn't pumping um, it was oxygen quick. to the brain. Yeah, no, nothing goes to the brain. So yeah. he said, yeah, he's gone before he even hits the ground. So yeah. it's the best and way to do them. And they bleed out, which is good. That's what you want. Super quick. Within, within yeah. probably three minutes, I would oh, say, all yeah, the blood was drained Yeah, if not that, it was, yeah, uh, it it was pretty up. quick. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I don't know. It's one of those things. And something you'll... you'll Deal with it when you get to it. Yeah, when I get to it. I'll do it. It'll just take me a bit. I might cry a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Handy Hopper is a big sook when it comes to animals. Uh, Let's just say he he struggles more with the hard chores around the animals where we have to maybe hurt the animal to be kind to it. I've got no problems in banding the boys. Oh yeah, that well we kind of bucks everything. I actually find that quite funny, you yeah. know, and I and, and I, I and I sympathise with them <laughs> as, they, as they put their legs together and walk around. They walk around like they've been riding a and, horse. And do the <laughs> <high-pitched> little <laughs> <leg>. <laughs> like what just happened? 
Yeah. Uh, but we can't... I mean, not all animals are intended for, for keeping us entire. No. And, and it's one of those things about farming. You know, people say to us all the time, don't they? Oh, you, how do you eat your own chickens? How do you eat your own animals? Quite easily. A, a, as they're tucking into KFC <coughs> or McDonald's. Especially the chickens. Oh, my God. I've never but, had chicken like it. But, but honestly, our own like, fresh. like, wouldn't you agree that you know, the majority of people that say it to us are usually saying it are the kind of people who would also hoe into KFC without a second thought about where that chicken came from. Yeah. And yet they look at us and go, oh, but why would you eat your own chickens? Yeah. And it's like, well, why would you eat the dirty, manky, factory farm chicken from KFC? Yeah. Which yeah. we know doesn't taste anywhere near as good yeah. as ours. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Anyway, to wind up, because we've gone way longer than what we normally do today. Um, but the handy helper and I could talk forever about this kind of stuff because we just like I it. love it's, it. It's what we want to do for the rest of our lives. Uh, but I want to touch on something that I know some people will um, be thinking about. And we do have a little bit of an unusual situation between myself and the handy helper because I'm the one with the farming background, not him. And, and my farming background is not huge. Like I didn't come from a you know fifth generation farmer or anything like that. But my parents definitely... Um, put me into a lifestyle where I was having to eat my own produce and grow our own produce and milk our own cows and yeah, fatten our own pigs and things like that when I was a kid. So I have the background, not him, but I still, even though I call myself not the farmer's wife, that would imply that he is the farmer's husband, which as we've discussed before, is not <laughs> can't be correct, A, because we're not married, and B, because I do see him as my co-farmer. Um, because there's a lot of things that I just could not do with him, without him. And certainly there are chores that you are definitely better at than me, even though they're farm chores. Like, you know, for me to try and put a fence post in the ground on my own... It's amusing. I, I, can, I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's amusing to watch. <laughs> it would take a long time. Whereas you are much better equipped for certain jobs because you're a lot stronger than me. Um, so... What kind of chores around the farm are specifically... Oh, it's pulling faces, everybody. <laughs> um, what kind of chores around the farm uh, do you see as definitely your chores? And they're not mine. Oh, one, one of the major things, especially at this time of year, because it's freezing freaking cold here, um, is firewood. I, yeah. I, That's fair. I go up into the property and I'll pick a tree out. Mm. Um, and it's usually something quite large. I'll drop a tree and leave it. Yep. Um, so it dries out nicely. So it dries out. So even already for next year, I've already got a tree on the ground that we'll use next year. Um, so it dries out properly and stuff like that. Um, honestly, I couldn't see. <laughs> I couldn't see you swinging off a chainsaw. <laughs> I can do or, it. I can operate a chainsaw. Oh, I don't want to be anywhere near you when you do that. But it, it, it would be ugly. Um, or or cutting or cutting firewood and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, and I mean um, I can bring a wheelbarrow firewood yeah. in, firewood in when yeah. it's cut. But you've seen me also swinging the splitter and the axe, and it's not pretty. Is yeah, it? I like to stand right back yeah. from that. Um, yeah. and that's partially I have frozen shoulder at the moment, so yeah. it's partially because I've got one shoulder that doesn't work right. Yeah. But also too, it is a it's a manual labour job that you're just better at. It is. There's lots. Of, oh, I don't know. There's lots of little bits and pieces of stuff that we do around the farm that. But even well, fencing do, is another but, one that I can, yeah. comes to mind for me. You're way better with the fencing stuff than I. I try and do it, but. Um, we well, are learning. Everything's learning, but um, there's not. Oh, electric fencing. Oh, you're way better than that with. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what happens when I touch the electric fence? Yeah, you dance. Yeah, um, no, I, but I bugger everything. I don't um, cook it up properly, and I'm a bit slow because I'll touch an electric fence and then go, "Well, that that really hurt," and then I'll grab it. I'll again just, just make to sure, sure that it's actually working. Yeah. <laughs> make me dance. I'll, I'll but I'm these... terrible. At, I can't even hook them up right, can I? No, nah, it's they're not too hard to do. Oh, but, um, yeah, says yeah. you. Yeah. I've had the worst worst scenario with a electric fence before. Um, Did you pee on an electric on a, fence? No, on another farm that I was doing some work, um, <laughs> I touched an electric fence, but uh, this one's absolutely cranked to the hilt because it, oh, it holds back like a... Oh, uh, it holds back a two and a half... Two and a half ton oh, stud bull. bull. Um, he's an absolute silk, mind oh, you. He's, he, I go and cuddle him, out. he's that big. But he wouldn't break out, but... He's, he's enormous. He's really, really big. He, he wouldn't break out for you or me but if there was a lady cow on the other side uh, of the fence he's a silk then he might try and come out but uh, I lent on the hot wire uh, that they have around his yard and I think it was hooked to about 240 <laughs> volts it, it made dance? me dance so, oh my god it hurt um, it, it left like a big red burn mark on my arm it really cracked me but uh, yeah, yeah electric fences and me and just a little bit yeah yeah 
Well, yeah. so, so, but, and on that tactical we are just talking about, um, describe, because you do have some very strong women in your family. Yep. Describe some of the women in your family. Oh. Because Nanny Kaz is Nanny pretty Kaz, cool. Nanny Kaz, my mum, my mum's one of the toughest bitches I've ever met in my life. Yeah. She, uh, oh, probably, maybe, about a little bit less tougher than my mum. Because my mum is, like, oh, hardcore. Your mum's bulletproof. Yeah, but, but um, your mum is... For somebody who's not lived on a farm, your mum is... She's as tough as nails. She's, uh, she would be... In saying, I reckon she'd be an inspiration to older women. She just she doesn't stop. She, and she's got no problems doing shit. No. Hitching up a, a, a caravan. Yeah. I mean, with your dad. Your dad's still there. Yeah. Helping her. But she hitches... She goes with him everywhere in that caravan, doesn't she? Yeah. They have no problem yeah. trooping around out in the outback. They trip around everywhere. She's as tough as nails, Mum. She always has been. And she holds everything together. Yeah. For everyone. She always yeah. does. She always has. And then so, there's your sister. And my sister. My sister's... Uh, she was... She's the smart one in the family. God, yeah. She got the brains. Um, she got you the got brains. the books, honey. I got here bullshit. <laughs> um, she got the brains in the family. Don't she's um <laughs> She uh, she absolutely aced her HSC at school. Uh, she got the grades to become a doctor um, quite easily and, and decided not to. Um, mm. She wanted to be a nurse instead. She wanted to start at the bottom and work her way up. And she did. Um, and that she did. Mm. She did. She became a nurse and then a nurse practitioner and um, and then she's and then just she's been a specialist. And she's, now she's worked her way up through now, everything now. She's gone into more admin stuff. Yeah, like now she she's she's too old for that shit now. But um, she she went into an admin position where she's in charge of uh, making lots of nurses, making lots of nurses, and making sure that everything runs properly in all the hospitals in Sydney. Yeah, so yeah. Um, she flits between Wollongong and Sydney all the time. And she was also a single mum too, wasn't yeah, she? And, Fairly early and, on. And um, yeah, she. Her kids uh, were young when she. I think uh, uh, the kids were only. Um, they were only little when she I think separated. Chris, Chrissy was only about. Uh, he was about five or six. Yeah. When they separated, yeah. Ed was a little bit older. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, she did it all on her own and for she's ages. Run her own household, yep. she did. the kids. And luckily yeah. enough, my mum was there. So yeah. um, my mum was there to help her, um, help her out in a, in a really shit situation. And it, um, it sucked and it sucked big time yeah, because but she, my. But she was strong, she coped. My sister was lucky enough to live uh, nine houses away from my <laughs> yeah, mum and dad. Which is um, awesome. And I lived halfway across the country. So, uh, yeah, it, it worked out really well for mum, uh, for, for my sister and mum yeah. and that. So they helped and each other out heaps. And then you've got an older daughter because you've got three children, but you've got an older yeah, daughter. Yeah, I've got an older daughter um, who uh, did really good at school um, and decided that she wanted to become a uh she wanted to become a nurse she did nursing at first and then um uh once they were allowed to like pick a field of what they wanted to go into mm. she thought going into midwifery would be good yeah and she, and, um, she? and she became a uh, a NICU nurse which yeah. is a, a natal intensive care unit for, for bubbies really, really sick looking bubbies. after the real sick bubbies so she worked there for a long time and um and then she was uh, she was approached by another hospital to go and work for them, um, and uh, they they offered her to do the full midwifery course and all the stuff. Um, so she, not only would she be a NICU nurse, but she'd be a full qualified midwife as well, mm. which she did. Um, and the moment she graduated, she she signed a deal with the hospital that when uh, she delivered thirty babies. Uh, they were allowed to let her go, and uh, and she did. She delivered thirty babies, and then uh, another hospital grabbed her yeah, straight away. She, went to another hospital she ended up at another hospital as a midwife, and she loves it. She absolutely loves it. So, so, so I, what I'm getting at is, would be fair to say then that you have um, a lot of strong women around you. So, me dragging you into a farming lifestyle, yeah, probably <laughs> didn't. Yeah, it didn't phase you, did it? No, it didn't. I uh, I looked at it like an adventure, to be honest. It um, it was something different, and it was out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to have a crack at it anyway. Um, and, and now, what do you think? Looking back, what do you think? Like, what do you see for you as far as farming into the future? Oh, uh, lots of stuff. There's still so many more things I want to do mm. uh, when it comes to farming. Um, it's weird. I've gone from being a um, like I'm nearly fifty now, um, 
I've gone from being a, a car nut and a rev head mm-hmm. to reading farming magazines. <laughs> it's what, the total opposite. What do we get in the mail that we refer to as your porn? Porn magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's usually uh, catalogs and shit on farming like, machinery. Like the still, the still, <laughs> still chainsaw, chainsaw catalog. catalog. <laughs> it's a porn. It arrives in the mail and it's like. Handy helper, here's your pawn. <laughs> it's uh, it's changed my lifestyle. It really has, and it's uh, in in all honesty, I think it's made me relax a little bit more. Yeah. Um, despite what you think some days, where <laughs> I go and blow my stack and throw shit and say nasty words. What do they say in Hollywood? Don't work with kids and animals. Yeah. And what have we got? Kids and animals. <laughs> so, but no, it's good, and I love it, and I love the fact that. Um, that uh, your kids love it. Yeah, my kids are um, all over it, aren't they? Yeah, they, OJ, they love it. OJ loves the beekeeping, so yeah. does MJ. Yeah. But OJ has asked uh, in the not too distant future to be allowed to participate in the dispatch process with the. Yeah, he had chickens. a crack at it with us last time. Yeah, but, um, and, and I doubt uh, very MJ, much. Um, MJ's not interested in the dispatch, but she said she's more than happy to help with the disassembling. Yeah, and eating. Yeah, and the eating. Because <laughs> these taste good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's good dude, that uh, that your kids do it. My kids, uh, your younger kids, my younger kids, because I have two other kids as well. Um, they're a little bit different. My uh, my daughter, who's well, sixteen, they're, they're only out here part time. They're only out so here part time. They're not out, not out here all the time. But they've certainly enjoyed their time with the baby goats. Oh, they do, and, and the baby chickens. My young fella loves it. He comes out here and he says to me, uh, "It was only just on this weekend." He says to me, "I love coming out here." Yeah. And I went, yeah, and he goes, yeah, I just love coming out here. He said with all the animals and stuff, yeah. and I love walking around and And he gets on the back of the motorbike. Yeah, he you. jumps on the motorbike with yeah. me, and we go tearing up the paddock and yeah. go up the back and do yeah. stuff. So, All cool. right, well, looking at the time, we have gone way over time for what I had planned, but that's okay. Because um, I don't interview somebody very often. I've only ever interviewed the kids before you, so... Yeah. Intelligent conversation. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Right with the kids. Not, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyway, everybody, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Um, uh, I am looking towards doing some more interviews in the not-so-distant future. Um, There's a couple of lady farmers that I know around here that I'd like to kind of sit down and have a chat with. Uh, One of them in particular we mentioned about she has a Murray Gray stub. I'd love to sit down and have a chat with her because she's awesome. Interesting woman. Very interesting Uh, woman. uh, But otherwise, uh, I hope you enjoyed it and I will speak to you all next week. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Say bye. Say bye. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed our time together. If you did, I'd be so grateful if you left me a review. I would also absolutely love it if you tagged me in your next post on your favourite socials at either Not The Farmer's Wife or Mojo Homestead. And don't forget to get your free guide to backyard chicken keeping at www.mojohomestead.net backslash seven must knows. And remember... Grow the life you want to live. See ya.